Welcome to another amazing episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only going to sharpen our technical skills, but we're going to learn to become profitable as filmmakers. What's going on, Kaz Nation? This is Kazi. This time, I'm going live with Jake. He's a cinematographer. He's a modern-day filmmaker. He's an entrepreneur. He's a colorist. He is somebody that you got to listen to and what he's got going on. Make sure to go check him out right now, JVKE on Instagram. Go give him a follow. Just look at his content. The kind of stuff that he's dropping is absolutely insane. We got so many exciting things to talk about. I always try to switch things up to give you guys something new. But in the meantime, I want you guys to drop in questions down below. It could be in the comment section or it could be in the question section. But just drop in all the questions so we can drive this thing two-way. So it's not just you know Jake and I talking because ultimately we want to give you guys you know what you need that can help you blow the f up. Yo, what's, what's going, going on, on, brother? How are you? Good. Hey, Jake. I just did a quick introduction, so why don't you just go ahead and start off with you know just give us a little background. Yeah, sure. So um, I started off making videos with uh, actually my current roommate. We took your know, Lego figures and made some stop motion animations. Probably when we were nine or ten years old. <clears throat> from there, we started taking inspiration from like Modern Warfare, and we would just make these awful little short films that were probably a minute and a half long, Love and it. burn them to a CD and show our parents. We thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Um, from then, when I turned like 16, I got my first camera, the Canon T4, whatever it was, um, and then bought a 7D Mark II, upgraded, and learned that I don't even need a job just because this is what I love doing, and I can help others. And from there, it's just kind of continued to grow. Dude, isn't it amazing? I started with Canon T2i, I think it was. Yeah. But, it, like, we kind of got to give it to Canon, right? Like, I mean, it just, like, yeah. it inspired so many people with the 5D generation because I was still in school. I mean, I'm dating myself, but I was still in school when 5D, a buddy of mine who was shooting weddings, and he just went, he's like, hey, Kazi, dude, I stumbled upon this, like, video feature in this camera, and it's pretty cool, dude. And I'm like... Yeah. Dude, like, are you kidding? Like, no, man, look at this big, like, camcorder. Like, that's where it's at. But then I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, the opportunities just exploded. So, Jake, the thing that excites me about you and the reason why I wanted to bring you on and talk to you is that I feel like I just see a lot of similarities in a way. I mean, uh, you know, not to sound narcissistic, but it's like I try to preach people to you know, swim in that Kool-Aid, don't just drink it, you know? And I feel like when I see you, you're the epitome of that, you know, even when we were DMing and you were like, what's the topic going to be? And I'm like, it just, it has to be something to do with learn and apply. And I feel like it goes, you take that uh, philosophy and you take it a step further where you don't just learn and apply, you dominate in that space. And, you know, AKA, whether it's like the competition last week or like how I see you attacking everything, but then excelling at everything. And I think that's the key. Like a lot of people associate, uh, you know, multiple things like, you know, uh, you know, master uh, jack of all trades, master of none. And I feel like you kind of destroy that mindset. And I want you to kind of talk about it. And where does that ownership come from that? Hey, I'm going to do these hundred things and I'm going to do it really well. So where does that come from? Sure. Sure. So I don't think necessarily it's, it's a true statement that you can't be good at everything. Um, but I think it is important to pick your battles and understand 
what it is that kind of comes naturally to you. And I think you've talked about this a lot um, as far as if, if you're sitting in front of your computer and you're trying to edit and you've been going for hours and hours and you feel like you can't make any progress, then it's probably not for you. Um, and for me, a lot of this just comes naturally. And so I, I picked up a camera, enjoyed it. It was obviously a huge passion. And I, I spend all my time, you know, learning more and just enjoying the craft. And if that doesn't come naturally, then maybe this space isn't you know, for you. But if it is, you know, dive into that head first and learn as much as you can about everything. I've taken weeks at a time to spend, you know, looking up a hundred different YouTube tutorials on lighting and audio. And then you know, when I found you, it kind of dug into to color grading. And, and that's where I've just decided to, okay, this is like really what I love doing. I love taking flat footage and turning it into something beautiful. And so I've just kind of gone, you know, head first into that. And I think if you kind of segment things, take time to really get good at one yes. individual practice, yes. that's the best way to over time, make yourself, all-around you know cinematographer no dude I and and that's what's so exciting about yours you know I was studying you know some of your stuff and like going through your page and I saw a lot of like ton of epic photography and all the things that I feel like you know a time period from 2012 to 2015 maybe 16 is when I was coached and mentored to like stick with a niche like just one skill and kind of genuinely just ditch the rest Yes. And it always just chipped away at me. I always just like wondered like, ah, I'm at a vacation and I just want to grab a camera and I want to make, I want to just take a picture. Like just take a, you know, like one photo. But then I would just be like, well, that's not really my thing. And I think I'm just going to like, you know, do my thing. And that's, you know, so I feel like there's so much truth in what you just said that, hey, first kind of be honest with yourself and know what is the thing that keeps you going? So like if you say, I like what Kazi does, I want to be a colorist too. And then you try to grade something for seven days and you just don't feel like it. And you, it just like, it's even like killing your motivation to wake up in the morning and like, you know, keep going. If that's what's happening, then you got to stop because, you know, then that's not your thing. Another thing that I want to talk to you about is, you know, okay, so it's really cool that you know you're saying that hey stick with something for a couple of months and then keep going so i feel like i can easily tell that you're somebody that has a long-term goal so that's what makes it that's what makes it easy and beneficial for you to be like it's okay for me to invest four months at a time at something and then go so a lot of people might ask well you know jake and kazi it might be easy for you guys because of whatever your background or whatever like you can take that time off but i know that it's never true it's never that easy so i want you to talk about you know your your current mindset in the moment like when you're taking those chances and you're saying i'm a cinematographer i'm a filmmaker but now in the next three months i want to be a colorist yet i'm not gonna drop all those other things so what is that balance if there is such a thing for you yeah yeah well obviously i have my production company six media as well and that kind of i funnel traffic you know through myself to to six media and that's kind of how we land jobs but Love it. <clears throat> i think a big part of it is constantly being out there and doing you can't spend all your time studying and consuming content right. you have to actually go out and create because then you take that your failures are what leads you to be you know, to start winning yes. so if you don't yes. fail ever if you never fail because you've never applied anything you're not going to learn because you can only learn so much from just reading and watching you wow. have to actually go out and create something 100 another thing that i love about like one thing that i saw yesterday and i'm like dude i gotta bring it up is you did the little blurb and you talked about like how you don't need to have expensive equipment you don't need to have all this gear and then you did the story where you you know behind the scenes of like you taking that picture with an iphone um 
what I loved about it is that then that ended up your profile picture. So, so there's a massive difference between somebody who makes these cute little YouTube videos to get views or somebody who owns their own advice. Like, yes, dude, this, th the distinction, like that thing right there is so important. Like, you know, you and I were talking and I'm like, I'm going to drop a, I'm, I'm going to drop a Mac pro like, you know, video, but it took me forever to think about doing reviews because I never want to be that guy. Who's like iPhone versus Ferrari. Like, you know, I just, it just does not like, I don't do that. You know? So I, yes, it can get me a billion views, you know, like that's awesome. How do I convert that traffic? Like, what do I do with that? Like, how is that helping me with anything? So I feel like, what I saw, it just like it left an impact and I'm like, this is the right mindset. And these are the things that people see every day. And we're so in tune to consuming that kind of quality content. And then we just like scroll, keep scrolling. You know what I mean? But sometimes you got to like stop yourself and look at what just happened. And I feel like that's another thing that I want you to like kind of touch base on because I do see that you have your own merch, you have your own presets, like you're going all in in so many different sectors. And I think the mentality of like, I think you might not say it, but you're living it where I always say I'm a businessman first and artist second. Yes. And I feel like you need to talk about that a little bit because that trumps everything. Then the age doesn't matter. None of those things matter because you just kill all those, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Barriers and beliefs. Like you're just going past that. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So I guess more to the, the businessman first and then creator second. That has been something... Um, obviously, I know you watch Gary Vee. I watch Gary Vee. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot of great material that's out there for free. He's one of the biggest advocates of wow. give away all your secrets. Um, and uh, two or three years ago, I guess my, my first year of college, I started watching him. And that was when it hit me. Like He was actually talking to a, a videographer, and he told him, if you want to do this business, you've got to figure out, or you, you have to either understand business as itself if you want to start a, a production company or you have to hire somebody that actually knows it because yes. that's going to be the difference. You can be the best photographer, videographer, creator, whatever it is. If you don't understand the, the basics of you know, just the business principles, you're not going to go anywhere. Right. And that's another reason that I think what you put out is so just on point because it talks about both topics. It, right. It's one thing to just show, here's how to get an orange and teal look. Um, but it's another thing to say, Here's how you take this skill set and land a job with it. And right. that's invaluable. Because, I mean, the thing, like, my thing was for the longest time that, and you know this too, that in this industry, like, the scarcity is a real thing. And I always talk about it and I will never stop talking about it, even if it gets repetitive, because I feel like to really get that out of everybody's system, it just needs to be brought up a billion times because not yes. everybody, I can't assume that everybody is listening to every single, you know, story that I'm putting out. But I feel like, it's just so important. Like there's so much scarcity. Like back in 2011, 2012, I was going around the country. I was working with a company, a race car company, where we were just going around the you know country shooting documentaries on race car drivers. And it was a super cool job. Like every track that I saw in Ford versus Ferrari, I'm like, I shot there, you know? So it's cool, you know, to like have done that. But Dude, it, it was just like these little clicks, you know, like three dudes here and four dudes there. And there's a one, you know, fancy dude that everybody follows and he does like backflips. And it, there is like this little thing going on. And I'm just like, but let's just get past like, you know, the cool factor about him. Is he is he giving us something like is he sharing something like what is this about? Like, is this 
a prison and then there's this one dude who's just really strong and everybody follows him. And I feel like that is the theme in the industry. And what you're doing where you bypass all that and you don't need permission for the gatekeepers to get clients. I absolutely love what you just said. You said, hey, I funnel business in through my personal brand. And that statement is so powerful that when you just cut out the middleman, because it does not matter. You could be the hottest shot, like working at a company making, dude, just go on glassdoor.com, right? I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but just go on glassdoor.com. Look at everybody's salary. I mean, I say pick out the biggest head honcho company right now and look at what their senior colorist is making or look at what, you know, cinematographers and those, those people are making in like mid, like six, like 150, 160, 180. Dude, after taxes and everything, that's nothing compared to what you can do as an entrepreneur. Yes, and if yes. you are just like really focused on that, you take that business side and then the artist side, and then you just like take and infuse both of the, those things together. And I feel like that's the topic of discussion, you know, because another thing that I want to ask you is that a lot of people talk about well, Kazi, what about the freaking balance, man? Like, I mean, you're going to burn out. You're working too much, bro. Like, do you do you spend time with your family? Dude, I do like two to three date nights a freaking week. Like, you know, my, my son and I have like countless talks about like what's happening in the soccer world and what's happening. Like, you know, we talk about these things like crazy. Like we go deep in that. But to the outside world, it just looks like all I do is live in this office. So I want to ask you the same question. Like I see from the outside looking in, when I look at you, it looks like, you're that guy who's just like, hey, this, like I got this 10 years where I'm just gonna go in. It's gonna be like 80-20. Like I'm just gonna go all in and then, you know, I know for a fact that not even like we'll see what happens on the other end because I feel like the conviction that you have in your message, it just, you own it and then the re result is just instant. You know what I mean? Like there's instant gratification. So, so maybe talk about the attitude and what somebody can do, how they can, how they can fight that normalcy, that battle, you know, that's about, hey, if you want to be a normal human being, then don't work too hard, man. If you want to be a good husband, then X, Y, and Z. So talk about those things a little bit. So two things to start off with. One, um, almost all of that is subjective. There's no set guideline that defines a work-life balance. Yes. Um, I think that's a lot up to you and the people you surround yourselves with and I don't know, your communication with them so that they know what to expect. Because that's the main thing that I think upsets the people around you is if you're not clear about what your goals are. And right. then whenever you spend a few extra hours at the office, they kind of you know, get upset and they're wondering why because you didn't communicate well. Yeah. So that's one thing. But also, you have to love it. If you don't love it, there's not going to be any conviction to stay at the office extra hours or to stay up till 3 or 4 a.m because you want to nail this project so it lands you more work in the future, or just because you want to impress the person you're trying to work with, because that's truly coming from the good of your heart as a, as a true entrepreneur. So uh, that's that's kind of my thoughts on that. And I, I don't know, I, I think it. the world kind of gets stuck on uh, a set kind of guidelines for defining that work-life balance. Yeah. And yeah, it's very true. You need to have your personal time. I think it's important for your mental health. Right. You need to uh, take time for those you love um, because your actions speak louder than words. But there's, uh, I mean, you make time if, if, it, if it matters to you. So uh, yeah, I, I think I do work a lot, but I don't think it's, it's something that um, people around me or, or it's not at their expense because yeah. we communicate and I make sure to make time for those I love. And then on top of it, like I think another smart thing is that surround yourself around the people that like, you know, respect what you do 
because yes. it's your choice, you know, besides your family. Like, I'm talking about your brothers and, like, you know, the, the blood relationship. Like, that's a different story. Like, when I'm around my mom, although my mom is, like, all, like, you know, she's, like, one of those, you know, grandmas that are all into, you know, YouTube right now. So, she's, like, so hip that she's, like, in my live chat and everything. And I'm, like, what the hell is going on? You know, so it's really cool to geek out on that. But most of the time, that won't happen. Like, my dad is still struggling with how to, you know, use a mouse properly. So then we don't talk about that stuff. We talk about, Dad, tell us, like, you know, your heyday stories. But what I'm saying is that besides that, like, even my wife, right? Like, I mean, I met her in school, and, you know, she was going for producing. And we share a lot of those, you know, ta uh, talents and things like passions together. And now we're bringing all of that together and like you know she's part of like my like what, what's going on with the cause nation like she's helping me out right now with that and it's just like you can take that and flip it on its head and then it's so much fun that even if we're in Puerto Vallarta vacationing we're being productive having the freaking best time of our life instead of just going hey hey time out can you just stop talking about work can you just stop talking about this like I mean why put yourself in that life to begin with so i mean that's your choice i mean that's another thing that you know i feel like people just need to know like we just think that there is a set rule how to live a life like proper life what is the meaning of that what is that perfect life because my perfect life is i want to sleep for three to four hours because i'm like that kid when i was you know I don't know, I was 12 or 11 or whatever when the first PlayStation came out and I couldn't sleep because my dad told me that that's what we were getting tomorrow. So I want to live my life that day. Like that day how I was like I couldn't go to sleep. I am that excited about my life to wake up every morning and get going. I mean like I told you I was building, like I was setting up my studio. So like last night I was up till like 5.40 or 6 o'clock, dude. So like I, today, like I was up till 6 but I'm just like... I am as passionate as I am doing this to like then go to sleep and then wake up really early to like have this conversation because like the value that you're giving, what you and I are having right now, the two people that are doing their thing and like really putting out some awesome work and then we just sit here and we just share that. Like we just put that out without the the scarcity of just like what if somebody takes it and then they live in your zip code and then boom they took all your clients so i feel like i want to talk about you know where do you find your peace with i'm gonna share what i know but oh, okay so two questions right so it's a two full question so one where do you find your peace to be like i'm just gonna share what i know i don't care because i want everybody to get better and two do you get scared that maybe what i know is might be right or wrong but even then you just go for it how, how do you tackle that yeah so first question um about people i guess taking my job um the main reason i don't fear that is one i, I don't expect um a lot out of people so if, if something good happens and you're delightfully surprised and if something bad happens like people make mistakes you know yeah. and, and i don't i don't really hold grudges um i try not to take offense too much because usually there's just two sides to every story um, and that's one facet of it. The other thing is I'm not too concerned about people taking you know, jobs away from me because I do all of my work based on the personal connection that's built. Love it. So somebody's not going to come in and beat the personal connections that I've got with a client because I put my all into making sure that client knows that they're the most important thing to me and their goals are my goals. Love so it. that's something that I don't feel can be 
replicated. You know, if somebody comes in with a red because I'm shooting black magic, right. they're not going to go, oh, well, he's got a better camera. No, right. it's this person I like working with. Right. And that's that's crucial, I think, in the industry. Um, and it, it should come pretty easily because if you care about people, right. I mean, you're off to a great start. Um, and then the other question, give me give me some more info on, on what to hit on on the second part. So the second part is like, you know, it, it took me six years, like five years, I don't joke when I say this, to like really start my YouTube channel because when it comes to editing and cinematography, I went through the proper channels, like through school, so I learned that way. But when it comes to color grading, it just came out of necessity and I'm, I'm mostly self-taught in the beginning. Then I went and did some, you know, boot camps and like classes and those things. But in the, like, so when I was like ma making my channel and wanted to be the authority in this space, I just felt like a lot of responsibility to be right. And I feel like that's 99.9% .9 of the people's problem up until I got to a point where I started realizing that by doing so, I am not only robbing myself of like sharing what I love with like-minded people, I'm robbing others from what they can get out of what I have to offer and how I can help them. And then when I got that concept in my head, I'm just like, I'm gonna start putting stuff out. And if I learn as I go, then I learn as I go. Like I always joke about it and I tell my wife, I'm like, I became a better colorist after putting out a masterclass. So go figure, yeah. you know, like I worked on huge companies and huge projects, but what made me better was my own project, which was this, you know, course that I put together, you know? So I want you to talk about when you share your, these behind the scenes and when you share your tips and tricks and all this stuff and you also have a YouTube channel too, like, did you ever, uh, did you ever face that? Like where you feel like the, the imposter syndrome or whatever, where you're just like, who am I to talk about this? Yeah, so, how do, how do you tackle that? <clears throat> I, guess, I don't want to say I didn't because there are certainly times where I'm wondering if, if what I'm telling people or recommending people do is accurate, but it's very, very rare because I don't talk about what I don't know. I only tell people what has worked for me. And at that Love point, it. it's, it's kind of up to, to that person's execution. Their level of execution is going to determine whether or not it works. So if you're not suggesting, I guess, I guess if you only tell people that they should do things that have worked for you, you're not going to have any you know, question in your heart of like, Ooh, is this, should I be given this advice because you've done it and you know it works and you've experienced the, the problems that you're going to face in that and, and how to come out of those. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily been a big concern of mine because like I said, just talk about what you know and stay quiet about stuff you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I love that dude. I love it so much. And I feel like that practicality shows through. And I, I mean, even like your, your engagement, and you're, you're following, like, I'm, I'm noticing it's like my wife and I were looking at it and I'm like, you know, he's got really good engagement. And again, I feel like today people are just so smart through social media that they can just cut through the BS. You know, they, they will just yes. know a person. Like, I mean, they'll just like come right through that and just know, okay, who's real and who's just like trying to read a freaking headline and then just funneling that through their channel just to get a few likes. Another thing that I want to talk about is you know, again, like you said, we both listen to Gary Vee, which we absolutely do. And, you know, how important is it to have a, your personal brand, have a media company, whether, you know, you have a media company, you have a personal brand and you're, you always merge those things together. And that's what caught my eye. And when every time you slid in my DMs, like it was something that was not, Hey, 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 help me, help me. Like me, 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 me. Like it, even if you had a question, 
you came from a side that made me think. And then when I came up with the answer, I'm like, there is a win-win for both of us in that. So, you know, that thoughtfulness, when even if you're doing like, if you're being an apprentice somewhere, I really want you to think about this and answer that one because I feel like you and I both probably experienced that where people just slid into our DMs and they just go, hey, Kazi, can you, uh, I don't have money, can you give me your course for free or the classic one a couple of days ago, this guy slid into my DM and he said, hey man, I'm going to need you to send me your course for free and also I live in Canada and uh, I'm building an $8,000 computer and uh, yeah, I need your help to fund this. Help me build my computer. So, I, I mean, that's a true story. But <laughs> Well, I don't know. That's, that's something I think, I think that has been instilled in me, I guess, since kind of uh, adopting a lot of Gary Vee's philosophies. And that was really just, if you want anything out of it, you have to give your everything to it. Like, you've got to be the one offering value. And especially in this market where there is a lot of competition and there's yeah. not always that much of a supply, um, you have to come in with the absolute most give mentality. You have to say, like, hey, I don't want anything out of this. I just want to help. I think what you're doing is great. I would love to collaborate some way. Um, and nine times out of ten, they're going to say, hey, yeah, let's give this a shot. And if yeah. it works, we'd love to use you in the future. So there's really nothing to lose. And, again, you're going to add to your portfolio when reaching out. But if your goal going into it, and people are people are smarter than you think, especially when it comes to, like, yeah. that emotional intelligence. Yeah. If you can just barely – if there's any hint that you're doing this for your personal gain and it's not coming off as like, Hey, I want to, I, I genuinely want to help you. Yes. Then they're going to see through that. That's just how it is. Um, people are, I don't think people give other people enough credit when it comes to seeing through them wording things in a way that's going to lead to a better game for themselves. 1000 dude. This is like, this is such a good observation. I want to talk about another thing. Like I just remember that's something that stuck with me you know, a friend of mine like reached out to you or, or you reached out to him for a music video and then it all worked out. And then you told me that, hey man, like it's been a while like since I did, I offered my services for free, but then I'm just like, what the hell? Like this is a new territory I'm tackling and I wanna go back to the roots, you know? And and that element of humility, and by the way, I do it every day. I grade short films like, pretty regularly for 500 bucks like i'm not joking i'm even throwing my number out there because if i'm just sitting around and i got this beast of a machine sitting here i'm gonna put this baby to work i don't care and if i'm gonna actually still then get paid something for it i'm gonna do it like so i got none of that and that that mentality of like i'm a businessman first i gotta i gotta just i always think about that i'm not gonna make a phone call you know to my credit card company and tell them to reverse the 35 dollar fee Unless I know that I can do it in a minute or two minutes, because if I made 35 bucks in two minutes, then that's not bad. You know, that's not a bad ROI. So I always come from that mentality. So I feel like, you know, you did, you said those things and I'm like, I absolutely love it because he is not doing it just to one, make me happy. He's not just doing it just to kind of be like, Hey, there's going to be something ultimately in it for me you're actually looking for a long-term, and that's when earlier I touched on that. I'm like, you know, I see you somebody like that has like a vision, like a long-term vision, and building that relationship, you know, like this friend that we're talking about. I mean, this guy already, we know that he is also the same category hustler, and where he's headed, like seeing the trajectory of somebody, and I always talk about, guys, when I talk about working for free, you don't understand 
how much more leverage you have working for free compared to, you know, working for 13 or $14 an hour. So uh, help me, like, you know, let me get inside your head, like, you know, somebody who's running a company who's got a clientele and, you know, uh, putting out social media content and then figures out a way to juggle, like, you know, grab an additional project. Like, so what's your process? Like the, let's just get in there and kind of talk about things that people can take and maybe try to implement in their workflows. Yes. Um, well, I think I'm going to hit this more from the mental standpoint than necessarily the practical standpoint, because yeah. you can apply that based on your medium. But um, a thought that kind of ran across my mind this morning, I think, I, I don't know, I may have heard it in the past, but it, it really just rang true this morning, um, thinking about some of the work I'll be doing in the future that's still free because it's a great opportunity. Um, is that, you know, if you do any studying and investing, you know that the more you put forth up front, that return is going to be greater over time. And you can invest even if you have zero dollars because money isn't the only thing you can invest. If you invest your time because, you know, if I'm going to take time out of my day to work on this project for free, I'm investing my time into this project. But in the future, that could lead to a great return. So the more effort and the more time you put into something um, up front, the greater return or a greater chance of return you have in the future. And so by, by taking on these jobs for free, you know, you don't necessarily have to have the money, but if you take the time to study this, this practice, whatever it is you know, in your field, um, and you're willing to, you know, pay up front in, in the form of time, you're going to see a good return in the future if you're actually good at what you do. And that's going to be a great deciding factor for whether or not you should continue on that path. Um, so that's, that's one of the things that I think uh, leads to a great mentality for, for kind of offering this you know, free work up front because also you're, you're going to have something to prove. Nobody's going to turn down free work. Um, and that's in my field, especially because I'm in a small town in Louisiana. Like there's not a lot of creatives around here. Um, at least not people that that are doing big projects. And often that's in, you know, LA of course, and all around the country, but locally there's just not all that much going on. So for me, I have this passion to, to take footage that, that shot well, or uh, this really incredible story. And I want to, give it color i want to tell a story through color right and i get to work with some of the most talented people in the world because it's all done remotely so yeah, yeah, that yeah. lets me great make great connections Love get it. on board with projects because hey i want to color your project here in canada but you shoot some incredible stuff right um so it gives me the opportunity to work with these people get my hands on their footage um and have my name on something they go right. tell their their director friend hey i had this dude color it. he's great to work with um super fast and he really cares about the project that makes me look good that gets me you know introduced to other people i would have no other way to connect right otherwise um and it just it sets yourself up and then for me as well since i also do i mean i'm a cinematographer as well and i i edit so i, I kind of do all, all of mm-hmm. it you know everything in, in the skin uh, field of video work right. <laughs> if they they know that because they see my instagram feed they see i'm shooting my own stuff i'm editing well then if they need a, a second shooter or something and they're in my area or if they even want to just fly me out well, there we go. That's just, you can't connect the dots going forward. You can only connect the dots going backwards and see how things played out. So, you know, invest your time wisely, um, try and make connections and offer that free work up front. Dude. Wow. Dude, this gets me so excited when this turns into a podcast that that answer is just gold. It's pure gold. And and the thing that I want to say is that this point of view and like that mindset right there because everybody i feel like the modern day filmmaker wants to make their most of us wants you know want to make their la la land you know like want their break and 
dude, just forget about the traditional channels. You're not getting in. I mean, you guys have already heard my story, like me, like, you know, fresh out of Chicago, like, you know, walking into Columbia Pictures and these guys are looking at me like I'm lost and I'm dropping off my resume with a CD with my demo reel and they're like, are you part of the family? And I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, ah, ha, ha, like, you know, and then I walk away. So it's like, what just happened? So, I mean, it's like, you're not getting in. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. And even like years later, when I had so many commercials under my belt, I'm already part of like the, you know, Motion Pictures Editors Guild. And then I go in again to a studio. They just go, have you ever worked on this specific genre of like, you know, TV drama? And I'm like, no, but I did all of this. And they're just like, yeah, we're going to have to start you as a runner. And I'm like, what is happening here? Like, I do not, I always talk about it, this karate kid mentality where I got to pick up a freaking broom. You know, like, I don't understand it. So listening to you and how you're saying, people need to understand that the shortcut that you take by doing this, like when I'm connecting, how I got connected with, you know, this producer who reached out to me and said, hey, we're working on a music video and our last music video got 820 million views on YouTube, 820 million. And he's like, check this out. Will you grade it for us? Because my director loves you and he loves your work. So first of all, the reach through social media, when people laugh and they go, oh, what? Instagram, you're on Instagram? Dude, are you kidding me? Like that's gonna hurt your color grading, like, you know, status that you're on Instagram. So one, in their face for that reason, so that what happened. Then I work on that music video. Obviously, you guys have seen it, like I shared it, that's blowing up. He's already shooting another project now that's coming back to me. Like, the, the opportunities that you open up, I mean, now we're at a level that tomorrow I'm in Morocco and I wanna shoot like my little, you know, James Bond excerpt. I go to these people and I already got a director, I already got a producer, like, I'm ready to go, baby. Like, I can actually make my movie. Now if I have like $60,000 of my own money that I just go, I don't need a gatekeeper, I don't need a middleman, I don't need a Kickstarter campaign because this is how I work. I'm a businessman first and now I wanna jump into that, you know, indie film scene, I'm gonna do it that way. You know, to use that as an arbitrage and it's like so massive and I feel like we keep talking about this message, but that's the truth. Like so many great editors, senior editors that I know that act like they made it. And it's just not the truth. I'm just like, dude, you got to broaden your horizon. How you're saying like that mentality right there is so beautiful that, hey, I'm a colorist. Then I'm also a cinematographer. That's not you saying, hey, I'm a Walmart. Like, you know, like I, I offer all these things. Like, no, you can still keep the Gucci status but then offer all these extra services. You know what I mean? And I feel like that mindset is just something that we can talk more about. Like, I mean, you know, okay, so I wanna talk about this. I wanna talk about in the next three years, where do you wanna go, which, which side do you wanna pull more? Like, do you wanna build, work on your personal brand? Do you wanna work on your we? as a company or do you want to keep them both going together and i'm sorry there's like so many questions in this one and then also i want to see genuinely to you which one brings you like more roi like the personal brand jake and people slide in you know to your dm and then ask you and then funnel like go through your company or do people go or do you make more money because 
it's a company and it's not just Jake doing this thing for somebody. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the main goal, you know, say three years out, is definitely keeping them both hand in hand. Um, I think that's the best way to do it because there's a lot more resources if it's more than just a single individual. Because, I mean, I've got my sound guy, got lighting, um, and also it just it makes us a bigger entity. So it justifies higher prices because we have more people on board. Um, and then also, you know, you talk about this a lot and something we, we certainly applied operating as an escort is a huge gain, um, to basically just everything. It, the way taxes work, if you Dude, I that, love you. you're going to be set. Um, so yeah, operating as an escort is, it's a, it's a blessing for sure. Uh, if you understand it, I, I think there's no reason, there's no other way to do it, honestly. But yeah, having the, the personal brand funnel the work into, uh, the business, I think is, I don't know, it's, it's the only way to do it in my eyes at this point, and people can see, me. I get to express myself as an individual, um, which of course is going to lead to potential clients messaging me, or me even just finding potential clients because they like my video, um, and then I, I get to reach out to them, they get to reach out to me, and we start talking about a project, and eventually, you know, next thing you know, we're like, hey, okay, well now we have an idea that you want, a story you want to tell, Let's tackle that. Let's run it through the business because I've got a lot more resources than just myself. I got a full team we can bring on, and we'll make this you know as good as it can possibly be. Uh, so yeah, that's the best way to do it, in my opinion. I love like the thing that I'm, I'm and the pattern that I'm picking up on is that you're a very straight shooter. I mean, it's like you tell it how it is, and I feel like if that's what it is, if this is how you operate, then absolutely. Then you bringing in your company, you're not just fluffing yourself you know what i mean and just acting like we're all that you're actually going in to be like there's this and that like it actually is like four or five people and that's the unit and we're gonna go in attacking it this way and i feel like i feel like people start off with you know if i want to make more money i'm gonna turn myself into a company that is different that's totally wrong because one thing and that's based on a true uh, experience one thing that i've learned is when i first set up the post village i set it up in a very corporate like sort of vibe and kind of went after the biggest dogs like i built my you know image like even if you go on my website and everything i built it out as like a this glossy thing like i mean this could be like a freaking you know billion dollar company and what i realized from that is first of all through my company through the post village website you know i like in that year i made zero dollars so that's the truth so basically what happened is that nobody that was going for company three or a52 all of a sudden then was just like whoa let's go with this guy like his stuff looks better so that's not how it works so what i realized is that there's a fine line and then what I started doing is I, what you just touched, you know, base on, like where I started going in as, you know, me, Kazi, who is a senior colorist and co-founder of like, you know, a founder of this company. And this is, these are the services that I offer. This is the pool that I built. Like if it needs it, I'm going to send this stuff out. If I can handle it, I'm going to grade it. And then when I started coming off as like, what separates me, I'm going to give you those top tier, like, you know, companies that are the kind of work that they're producing. You're going to get that. You're just not going to get anything less at a fraction of a cost. That doesn't mean that I have a sign that says 80% off. I'm still going to charge you what I'm going to charge you. You're just going to get the best service. 
minus the BS. There's not going to be any wine. There's not going to be any wine and dine and any of those things because we're just going to keep it about work and we're going to just kill the game. So that's my, that's my strategy. Like I'm going to be efficient and I'm going to produce highest quality of work, like for less, you know, less cost than, you know, again, A52 or Company 3 or eFilm or any of those. So I feel like, you know, what you're saying or what I just shared, I mean, those are two very important things. And yes, S-Corp can change the game permanently. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be a freelancer if it weren't for, you know, me having an S-Corp. Like that just wouldn't have happened. When I try to do my taxes first year being a freelancer through TurboTax, I think I owed a trillion dollars. And I'm just like, what just happened? Like, It definitely feels like that, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Um, okay, so I wanna let me let me just grab another question here. Um, okay, so talk about now. Let's just get into uh, you know we're like twenty minutes out before we um, before this ends, and I want to talk about like some some things that people can take and apply to their work. So let's talk about some. Uh, let's just get in there. So like talk about maybe like a startup camera package or something like that if somebody's starting out, and let's just keep it. Let's just keep it contained cinematography and color grading because I think that's our audiences. So let's just go, somebody wants to learn color grading, maybe what kind of camera package they should get and then they can even use it for like little corporate jobs or whatever and then also it can give them a good image to work with in post. So talk about some of those things. So I've shot with uh, Canon, Sony and now Blackmagic. Blackmagic is by far the, the optimal choice. Um, I think you should definitely either get the 4K if you're on a super tight budget because you're not going to find anything that can beat that. Get one of the little adapters to, to kind of make it match the Super 35 look. Um, you'll get better depth of field. I think that's a great option. And I think for stabilization, either get a glide cam, a cheap glide cam, or a Ronin S because they're just so cheap. Um, I will say that the Black Magics can be a pain to balance on there. Um, so keep that in mind. I've actually got mine set up on Glidecam right now, and it works great. And it's also just a great skill to have is if you want to be a Glidecam operator, because that's a big perk. Yeah. Um, for color grading, I also think like the Black Magic's phenomenal. Um, if you want to go DSLR for photo and video, I would recommend anything that Canon's putting out right now is phenomenal. Um, I think they're starting to slowly implement their C log format into literally every camera they yes. have because they know that everybody's buying this. They're going to be using it for video because, I mean, everything's be democratized. Right. Um, so no matter what, where you are uh, financially, there's going to be somebody out there creating videos in that space. So, um, yeah, Blackmagic would be my first right. choice for right. a budget. And then the EOSR, I shot with the EOSR for quite a while with the Atmos Ninja 5 or V, whatever it is. Yeah. And that 10-bit is actually just phenomenal. The only downside is that 4K crop, but the EOS R5, I guess, is coming out soon. That should be an interesting camera. We'll see if it holds up to the expectations we've heard from it. And then audio, get yourself, um, I don't know, a Rode NTG2. We're currently using one of those. It's only 200 bucks, And you can set that up on a cheap boom pole and have phenomenal audio, especially for interviews. Uh, lighting, I would say the Godox SL60W. Check it out. It's like 150 bucks, And then a, a cheap softbox would be phenomenal. Get some C-stands because... You, you will never regret buying these things. Yeah, they're not fun to buy, but they're absolutely worth it. Um, you'll you'll never have to wonder how to rig anything again. Um, so yeah, that's yes. it. And then maybe some cheap little newer. Um, they make these RGB panels. They're just 
I don't know, 10 by 10. And those can be your bounce lights or if you want to use them as uh, edge lights, rim lights, you can put some filters in front of them, make it RGB, and you're set. You know, that's going to pretty much tackle everything you need. And then for color grading, obviously, just get resolved because Premiere doesn't cut it. I've, I've done Premiere. Um, you can try and use LUTs and, and layer different adjustment layers with Lumetri on it. Gets messy. It's not, yeah. It's nothing compared to what you can achieve in Resolve. Um, the node structure... For me, at least, it was intimidating at first because I didn't understand it. But once I uh, once I really got into it and understood how the nodes are actually laid out, what their structures are, and what they mean, there's nothing else I prefer. Like that is the the absolute best way, the best workflow when it comes to color grading. And I'll probably be doing some more visual effects with it as well, just because it's it, it makes so much sense. It's it's how it like taking it from your mind how you want to achieve a look, and then it's like right there on the laptop computer whatever it is so yeah definitely get resolved learn to color learn to avoid using LUTs um, because it, it's just limiting so that's what I'd say I mean dude it's so funny because you know how many followers and subscribers more followers and subscribers I can have if I just start doing how to color grade under two minutes in Final Cut 10 or Premiere yep. Pro and it's like I get asked that's probably the number one question it's like bro why don't you teach us how to grade in Premiere Pro and it's like I, one, I'm going to go back to your point, like where you said, hey, I only talk about things that I do or I know. And the thing is that it's the truth. Like, I don't really, the only time I use Lumetri in Premiere is when I am editing and uh, I have super flat footage. So I'm going to cook a LUT in Resolve and then I bake yeah. it and I kick that out and then I throw it like as my display LUT. So when I'm editing, I can see something, you know what I'm doing? Yes. And that's yes. the only time I will use Lumetri. And other than that, dude, I try to use it. It's cumbersome. Only, even if they had like a support to hook up my panel, which they will never because it's a Blackmagic panel and like they, they won't allow it. But, you know, even if they had that, maybe it would have been a little different. But it just, uh, you guys, you got to use the right tools for the right job. And what you're talking about, it's so like, it's just pure gold, everything that you talked about, even down to the cameras. And I actually did not know. So you're saying that EOS R5 or whatever is going to be a, uh, it's not going to have a crop in 4K? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not entirely sure how much of it is speculation and how much of it is, is accurate information. But I think I even read that some of it was confirmed by Canon. I think they just announced it the other day that it is here, but they were basically like, we don't know what we can't tell you what it's going to be but there's rumored 8k video which i don't understand why they would even include that yeah um but if you look up i think it's the r5 and everywhere it says 8k at 30p uh 4k at least at 60 and then 1080 240 i believe um but nobody talked about the crop so i would imagine there's going to be a massive crop on that and uh, i don't know i'll need to see that in action and right. see the price point because it looks almost identical to the EOS R, but the, the backside of it is almost the 5D Mark IV with yeah. the, the joypad and touchscreen and everything. So uh, we'll have to kind of keep our eyes out for that one. Um, I think the red Komodo would probably be a better buy. Oh, dude. Yeah. So I I stopped. I mean, now we're just going to geek out on Like, we're just going to, now we're just going to have conversation. <laughs> like, hopefully somebody's going to get something out of it. But so here's my thing, right? So, you know, I went from Canon C200 to Blackmagic. Uh, 6k well first of all I always forget that it's 6k because I don't care for it my timeline is always set to UHD and uh, I don't need anything uh, out of that and I'm not Fincher I'm not shooting everything wide and then cutting in and getting here and like you know that's why I'm using 8k although sometimes it does come in handy but most of the time I'm just not thinking about it I'm just shooting how I want to frame it 
Um, and then I'm going from there. But I gotta be honest, I love my Black Magic. I loved my C200 a little more. And I think what made that love so strong was the dual pixel focusing system for one man band. And yes. for me to get like really cool like product shots and if I'm just doing a video and I don't have like a freaking focus puller and this and that and like I got to get my shots right 17 times, it just, I got it and I moved on. And I yes. feel like now going to Black Magic, it just kind of literally genuinely killed my appetite to make product videos. That like That's why it actually helped me in a way that now I just put out so much more color grading content, but I'm just like, ah. I think every camera has their strengths and weaknesses, and I think if you're really you know, passionate about becoming a DP or really just kind of taking your skill set to the next level, it's a great idea to buy the Black Magic because you're going to get all the functionality 100%. and the drawbacks of a true cinema camera, but at, I mean a fraction of the cost. Oh, yeah. um, so it's even helped me kind of get a better scope on on settings because there's nothing automated about that thing. It's got auto white balance features, but it's it's not consistent or it's not constant. Um, and then it's also got the touch autofocus, which is just one-time autofocus. So if you're moving, you're going to have to rack focus manually, which is right. another reason I usually shoot just handheld because I almost never put it on anything for stabilization because, I don't know, I don't think it's necessarily a camera built to be stabilized. I think no. it's it's meant to just capture that, that raw handheld feel right. because you have to kind of kit it out with a lot more weight and batteries, lens accessories, all this, and that looks good handheld. So yes. learn to shoot handheld and learn to use a cinema camera and I think the Black Magic's a great way to do that. That being said, there's a lot of times with what I do, I'm going to need something more like the C300 or the C500. So that'll probably be one of the next things I pick up. One thing that I noticed is that, yes, I, I couldn't agree more because yesterday I was doing some uh, beauty shots for the Mac Pro video that I'm going to put out. And I was just, uh, yeah, I got lazy. Like my Black Magic is like, you know, it's sort of like a setup as a broadcast camera like a studio camera and i just don't touch it it just lives there and i'm like i'm not picking it up it's just set up there so then i use my wife's a7 III um to get some beauty shots and the crazy thing is that i just never really realized how much of a baby alexa my black magic is because yes. you know i shoot i go ham with my rgb lighting so when i was shooting this stuff with my rgb lights and then i brought it into resolve and i start creating looks all of a sudden like the 8-bit image start to just crumble and i'm just like whoa like yeah yeah so I had more. yeah i used to shoot with the a7 III and I, I actually got the chance to work with some other footage and the a7 III was just gone i sold it i think within a week um and that was when i actually switched to the eos r and i know somebody was asking which profile to use um we'll go ahead and answer that yeah if you're outside and you are familiar with shooting S-Log, go ahead and shoot S-Log 3, but keep in mind that noise is gonna be a pain to work with. Um, a profile I shot a lot with was HLG 3, because it, it really did offer the best of both worlds. It had great dynamic range, it had a pretty solid color space, and it wasn't so flat that if you handed it off to somebody, they just wouldn't know what to do with it. So HLG 3 is um, probably my all-around preferred profile for Sony cameras. Um, I don't know, it's got some, some bad rap because it's supposed to be Rec 2020, but it's in Rec 709. But, you know, but if, it, if it makes a better image, then why complain about it? Right, exactly. All right, um, I want to ask you some questions. I just went through it and yeah. we, we have some stuff coming in. So uh, give us some tips on reaching clients, like if, reaching just new clients. Like if you want to reach out to someone, what, what is your tactic? How do you approach it? Go through hashtags, find people that 
are doing great work and send 50 emails or DMs a day. That's it. That's it. Offer like you, you start right here because I'm going to tell you right now, as much as I l love and respect each platform, LinkedIn is just too pretentious. I'm not going to lie. LinkedIn is that place where everybody is just flexing so hard. Everybody is like trying to play the humble bee card like, oh, I was so fortunate to work on this trillion dollar project. Like, oh, look at me. I work on this thing and again and blah, blah, blah. Or I know this guy and it's just name dropping and all that. It's yes, it's a social media platform for I don't want to say anything else. So, so it, it, LinkedIn, Career Builder, those places are just, you can get lucky. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I do get crazy B2B, you know, action happening yes. in on LinkedIn. So that's not bad. But if you're starting out, for those, somebody who asked this question, I'm assuming that you're just starting out. It's going to be social media, you know, um, social mediums like place like Instagram or Facebook and even like TikTok is like blowing up right now. And a lot of people like just have so much resentment against TikTok is probably because if you haven't sp spent enough time on TikTok, then it's going to show you, you know, girls doing these cute little dance moves. But once you start building a database where you type in what you're looking for, it's going to start sending you like that stuff. And you're going to see how powerful and crazy that platform is and the reach that it has because Instagram's reach is not the same. Obviously, Facebook reach does not exist because they want you to pay for it. Like all the both of these platforms right now want you to pay for it. YouTube, every other YouTuber puts out a video how algorithms are killing their channel. So that thing is happening over there. So it's like you do have to kind of be like on the bleeding edge when it comes to that and reaching out. And the reason why Instagram is so powerful is that it doesn't matter. You can have one follower and you can just slide in my DM and ask me for a suggestion which monitor you should buy. And you're just going to get a response back. Like, you know, I'm going to reach out to you right now. Whereas right now I have 4,096 emails sitting like in my inbox and I don't know like how, how you sort them out, you know? Yeah. So yeah. another question that I have is... Uh, uh, so I'm gonna ask you that question first and then maybe I can answer it too. Somebody said, hey, if you have $1,500, uh, do you have a recommendation for a monitor that could be a decent monitor for color grading? Yeah, I actually did a whole lot of research on this um, just a couple weeks ago because I knew I needed to upgrade. Um, if I think if you're gonna spend $1,500, I think you definitely agree, go get an LG OLED TV because everywhere else they're gonna claim 10-bit, they're gonna claim HDR, they're gonna claim all these things and it's actually just lies like they're really not 10 bit they're really not hdr hdr correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure it almost 99 percent depends on the peak brightness yes and none of these monitors are oled they can't support that um so yeah 1500 bucks go on facebook marketplace find yourself an lg oled tv from like the b6 c6 all the way up until now they're phenomenal um and you can probably save a good bit of money if you go on facebook marketplace and get a used one and then spend the other 250 bucks on a color accurate or you know, X-ray um, yep. color pro. So that's what I'd say. I would, I will agree with you on all of those things. And it's just really funny because I, I mean, I hope you, yeah. So, I mean, yes, instead of like using a monitor and OLED, as of today, I stand by my decision. I feel like there's still a few things that you have to do because one uh, and Jake, I'm gonna correct you, but that's not to you know attack you. But you, the X-Rite is not gonna work on a TV. 
So the what you can't calibrate your TV monitor with an X-Rite just because of like, you know, how the TVs are set up and like their Rec. 7 or 9 color space just doesn't translate even if you have it as a GUI, you know, monitor. Right, so right. that won't work, but you do have to figure out other ways to calibrate it because a TV won't come out like calibrated as let's just say a BenQ monitor would because it actually is coming from Calman like calibrated. So those are a few things that you need to understand. Plus like the advantage of a monitor is that you, just like you said, you can throw an X-Rite on it and boom, it will calibrate it and just spit out like a perfect image. Whereas, you know, with the TV, you need to understand a few things, but once you overcome those kinks, I'm gonna be honest with you, like a couple of days ago, I made a post and you guys saw a monitor in the middle. Well, that monitor has already moved to the side because it yeah. just, it, and once you get good at it and once you start picking up the patterns and what you're looking for as a colorist, it takes like five seconds to know, you know, if something's got it or not. And I think the most important thing, what Jake just said is for a great monitor is a contrast ratio, okay? And and no matter what the LCD screens say, the reason why I'm not picking up uh, the XDR display as of today is only because it's, not even a you know dual screen LCD. It's a traditional IPS monitor, and they're claiming it's one billion to one you know uh, contrast ratio. I do not buy it, and I've watched some tutorials where they're talking about the contrast ratio is not the same as you know an OLED. And if that's the thing, then I don't know. Like maybe I'll pick it up and I'll try it out for 15 days and see how it is. But that's my reservation. So I feel like that's very important for a monitor. All right, we got two minutes left. Tell people where they can find you. And uh, man, you're sure, awesome. Yeah, my Instagram is JVKE. Uh, so it's J with a B. And check it out. I've got a lot of stuff coming up. We're going to be posting a lot of behind the scenes. We got a 360 camera we're going to be using to, to kind of capture some on-camera video while we're shooting some of these uh, documentaries we have coming up. I'm going to be trying to post a lot more tutorials um, on YouTube as well. Trying to get that more active as Kazi's pushed me to do. Um, and then, yeah, I'm just going to be posting a lot of grades start to finish on my Instagram. And story's going to be active. So definitely check it out. Got a lot of good things coming. Jake. Brother, I have so much respect for you, man, and it's just so great to to hear from someone that's as level-headed and is just so driven and just going, just going, just going. Like wherever I'm seeing you, I'm seeing like a level of excellence and, and ownership. And brother, like you guys, everybody that follows me, you have to go, like you're obligated to go and check out his page and do give him a follow because I'm telling you, you guys need that in your feed. You just have to see it. And like, this is unfiltered content just coming to you straight from somebody who's a practitioner and you gotta take it in. And like, again, you just don't wanna drink this Kool-Aid. You gotta swim in it. And on that note, brother, work hard, get obsessed, get possessed. Love you, man. That's it. See you, man. Appreciate it. Yep. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends, subscribe to this channel, and I will see you in the next episode.